When it comes to getting attention or visibility for your real estate business, I think a lot of people maybe overthink things. They feel that they have to offer everything to everyone and cast their net very wide. But in fact, having a very much more local approach could serve you very well. You, know, you don't need to be reaching thousands of people. It could be a handful. And my guest today, Johnny Baskin, runs a digital advertising company. And he goes into detail around how you can, for your real estate business, have a very local focus when it comes to your content, your marketing, and in particular, SEO, the search engine optimization of your website. So I'm sure you're going to find this useful. It will help you really focus your business into a, to a local one and get you the kind of business that you're looking for. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Okay, Johnny, thank you for joining us today. I think SEO, we have kind of covered that on a few episodes in the past, but something that really kind of interested me, your expertise in kind of local SEO. And I think for a lot of people listening, particularly real estate investors, you know, a local market is in many cases all that they need. So maybe kick off and tell us a little bit about what are the kind of things that you need to be considering when you're trying to be kind of more localized in your search engine optimization and even just generally positioning yourself as a business. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously within real estate, it's a very localized kind of business. People want to work with a real estate agent that understands the area that they live in, that understands the local market, that knows where the best spots are for them and what are going to be the best options, right? So when we're talking about local SEO and uh, showing up better on Google organically within a local kind of area, the most important thing is really like the messaging. Because what a lot of businesses do, and this is even outside of the real estate industry, but just in general, is when they create content for their website, when they create a website in general in the first place, they make it very broad. They talk very broadly. Like they'll say, I'm a real estate agent or they'll, if they write a blog post and they say like, you know, how to identify or how to negotiate on a house, let's say, for example, instead of just writing a blog post, that's like how to negotiate on a house. What they should be doing is writing a blog post on how to negotiate a house in Toronto, right? Or in whatever localized area that they're in. And what this does is when you're inside of your content on your website, when you're talking about a particular region in a particular area, Google identifies that you're an expert in that area. They know that you're an expert in that area because you're constantly talking about that area versus if you just write a generic blog post giving and not specify like the area within that blog post, then Google has no idea. They have no way to know that you're an expert in this like local area. So at the end of the day, like anytime that you're creating a piece of content, if you want to increase the odds of you showing up in a particular spot, you should be mentioning that spot. And then when people go to Google and they do their searches on Google within their search term, they might also put the city name. So Google's going to 
pick up on that like relevance. Like, okay, this piece of content is really relevant to what this user is searching for because this piece of content mes- mentions the name of the region and so does, you know, the user search query. So it's really important to like constantly like be using like these localized terms and that's going to help you to show up on Google better. But there's also like some things that you could do on Google that are very specific for local businesses where it doesn't really ma- like matter as much for a nationwide business to do, but it's very important for a local business to do. And that includes like the Google business profile. So making sure that you're showing up on Google Maps, right? Even if you're a real estate agent, I recommend that you do that. People may go to Google Maps to search for a real estate agent because they want to find somebody localized. And Google Maps is kind of what people use to find the best local providers. So uh, making sure that you have a profile set up on there, like it's completely free. It doesn't cost you anything. So I definitely recommend that you do that inside of your like social media handle and that kind of stuff. You shouldn't just put real estate agent, but you should put Toronto real estate agent because when somebody goes into that social media, if they do a search on there, your odds of popping up are going to be higher because you have that like localized term, right? So a lot of it is about just using these local terms inside of your content. So if we extend that out to the real estate investor, because they're thinking a little bit differently. And what, one of the things that real estate investors have to be cautious of is one of the challenges that real estate investors face is raising private money because mm. quite often they, they've maybe maxed out what they can do with the banks, but certainly the tier one banks. So mm. they're going to have to go to either private lending or B lenders. Mm. And so one of the routes to go is to attract maybe a professional couple. They've both got pensions. They're in well-paid jobs, and but they're looking to diversify some of their retirement savings into maybe real estate. But for a real estate investor, they've got to be really careful because they can't, there's a very gray or gray area. There's a very fine line between his real estate investing and this is what a licensed uh, investor investment manager would do. So Mm -hmm. they have to be careful from that perspective. So what are, what's the type of content that they could be thinking about to localize themselves as a real estate investor but, and still attract those people, but obviously not say too much that's going to raise a flag and say, well, you can't, you don't have a license to do that. So mm-hmm. it presents a problem for them. Yeah. So is it typically a situation where like the amount of the investment is capped? You need like a license at a certain amount or no, how yeah. does that work? You have to be licensed. So it's like the SEC. I mean, you know, that there are, unfortunately, there have been a number of cases over the years where real estate investors said, well, I can give you, you know, 12% return on your money. Well, that's, you know, you're making promises you can't necessarily deliver on. And that's, I mean, even an investment advisor can't do that, but, you know, you do see real estate investors doing that. So that's not the kind of thing they're going to put out there, but it might be that they could say, you know, if you're, you know, you're tired of the returns you're getting from uh, the stock market or are you f- mm. fearful that all your eggs are in one basket? So should they mm. be doing content that is kind of wealth generational building type of content? Or should they also be thinking about localized, you know, the best neighborhoods to buy an investment property in Toronto, for example, or something mm. like that? Yeah. So I think that, first of all, it makes sense probably for most people to create more localized content because they're going to be looking for investors like within their area right and definitely creating this kind of content like what you mentioned 
where they're giving some kind of advice, answering some sort of like practical questions that people might have is very good. And that's the kind of thing that a lot of people come to Google and they search for. A lot of people might not come to Google and search, you know, for a particular person to invest their money with, but they are going to come to Google and they're going to ask Google like, okay, what are the best ways to find somebody? What are the best ways to qualify somebody, right? So these are the kind of like research-based yeah. topics that you want to be creating content around. And then from there, you can also just kind of think in like a broader sense, like, okay, what are the people who are my target market? Who are these kind of people? And what are the things that they might be searching for? Like if they're, like if you're targeting, you could target like a particular profession, for example, right? Like let's say you're like, okay, I know that dentists usually have money on the side. They're usually looking for ways to invest it. Then you can create a content tailored towards dentists and say, okay, what are the best ways for dentists to invest their profit, right? And then you kind of create this like very hyper-specific content where you're targeting a very specific person, right? So, and a lot of the times in this kind of case, you're not creating content that's targeting somebody that is like already made a decision that they've already decided where they're going to invest, but you're targeting somebody that's going through that research-based process. So like an example I can give you where we did this for one of our clients. So we had a client who had a banking application, right? And basically the way that it worked is if you were opening a business bank account, you could download their app and you can use it to open a business bank account. The big problem that they had is every time somebody would go to Google and they would search for open a business bank account, all of these major banks would pop up on the first page of Google. Right? right. And these banks have been around forever. They have huge authority with Google. Right. So it's very hard to get in front of them, especially with a brand new site. So what we did is we said, okay, before somebody goes to Google and searches for how to open a business bank account, what are the other things that they're going to be searching for? And we found search terms like LLC for sole proprietorships, best business write-offs, right? Do you need to open a business bank account, right? So like all of these kind of research-based terms that we knew our target audience was searching for. From there, we created the content. We made sure that content was better than what was currently popping up on the first page of Google. And it was, you know, a very successful campaign where our, our client was able to generate tons of traffic to their website and start to build themselves up as an authority of the space, in the space. Because once you're giving content, once you're giving resources and answering people's questions, that's when people start to see you as an authority and as someone that they can trust. Right. And I wanted to touch on a couple of things. You mentioned that word authority a couple of mm. times. And, is, and that's what Google's basically doing, is looking all the time for who has mm. the highest authority in this subject, whatever that subject is. Mm. So, and the other thing that you mentioned is that almost that kind of reverse engineering. So taking a step back and so, so a real estate investor, I guess, could look at, well, what are the things rather than looking for somebody to help me invest? What are the questions? Maybe the question before that is, should I invest in real estate? Exactly. Is, real, is real estate a good investment? So those mm. can, okay. So that makes a ton of sense. So what else? Yeah. Google has many tentacles. Mm. Yeah. What are the other things that help build that authority? And you mentioned the Google business profile, but what else, what are the other things that yeah. people could be thinking about? So like one of the biggest things that separated Google from every search engine back in the day when Google first started is the concept of backlinks, right? So are you familiar with backlinking? Are you familiar with how that works? A little bit, but please yeah. assume we are uh, Neanderthals mm. with the guy with that. So 
Yeah. So basically the concept is not really too complicated. Basically what Larry and Sergey saw when they were first starting Google was that there was a lot of results coming up, but the results were basically just based on what we'll call relevance. Okay. Is this term that the person is searching for on the page of the website? And if it is, then it's probably relevant to what the person is searching for. And thus we're going to show them this result. The problem is that there was a lot of bad results because people realize this and they would just spam, you know, whatever popular term they wanted their site to show up for on their website. You know, back in the day, the search engine would say, okay, this term was mentioned 10 times on this site and it was mentioned five times on that site. So, you know, if it was mentioned 10 times, it's probably a better result. But people basically were taking advantage of this system. And what Google did was they said, okay, let's take, so in the like educational space, right? You can tell a a paper is a very good paper if it's been referenced by a lot of different papers, right? Right. So they took the same concept and they said, okay, let's only trust websites that are being linked to from other websites. If other websites are talking about this website, it's probably an informational source. And every time another website links to your website, it's kind of like that website is vouching for you, right? So when we talk about authority in Google, Backlinks are, you know, the number one thing that Google uses to determine authority, right? Because anybody can create content, anybody can write content, anybody can make a website, but it's very hard to actually get other websites to talk about you. And it's not just about the number of websites that are talking about you, but it's also the quality of the websites. Like, for example, if there's a link, there's a page on Wikipedia about me and that page is linking to my website, Google's going to see that and they're going to say, wow, Wikipedia is very trustworthy. They don't have a lot of spam there. And so if they're linking to this guy, then he's probably also pretty trustworthy, right? Versus if my buddy, Bob, who runs, who has a blog, you know, links to my website, Google might be like, I don't know who this Bob guy is. So it's great that he's linking there, but we're not going to give it as much weight as, you know, Wikipedia were to link to your site. So this is where SEO kind of like plays in with other marketing, because if you're doing influencer marketing, you might be getting influencers linking to you. If you're building partnerships with other companies in your space, Maybe they're going to do a blog post talking about how you're partnering together, right? If you do something newsworthy, then you're going to be in the news and Google's going to see, okay, all these media outlets are talking about you. So really, this is like how you build your authority. It's not by just creating content on your website, but by actually getting other people to talk about you. And if Google sees that, for example, like the local paper is talking about you and like in Toronto, it would be like, like BlogTO is talking about you, the Toronto Star is talking about you, all of these like, media sources that are very popular in Toronto, then they're going to be like, okay, this business is like very good for people in Toronto because people in Toronto keep talking about it. Right. Right. So what happens if the individual, the owner of the business or the principal of the business is the better known person? How do you, is there a way to kind of build or take the visibility of that individual and fashion it somewhere for the company to get the benefit in terms of their in terms of the SEO and the website? Yeah, so basically there is like two different ways that you can do this. And it also goes to how do you decide to structure your business? Like, First of all, you could have a business, like I, I could be a realtor, for example, and name my company like Johnny Baskin Realty, right? right? And then I'm attaching my personal brand to my business. And anytime that people are talking about me, at the same time, they're going to be talking about my business. When they're going to link to more information about me, they're going to link to my business website. Like it's basically the same thing, right? So that way is definitely probably like one of the 
best ways to start the business because you can really leverage your personal connections and your personal brand. But, you know, some might argue that at a certain point might scale your business to a point where, you know, you might want to kind of decouple yourself from it. So it's kind of like a personal choice that you have to make. The the other thing that you can do, and like what I've personally done is I have a company brand and then I also have my personal brand. You know, I have my own website for my personal brand. I have my own website for my company brand. Uh, if I'm on any, if like I'm featured in any kind of like articles or, you know, my personal brand is somehow being used, usually I prefer that they link to my company website, but they also have the option of like linking to my personal website. So it just depends on how you want to go about it. Right. And I guess as well, people need to think about, you know, what's the longer term, as you pointed out, the longer term plan with that business, you know, is the business going to be sold? Is it somebody else taking over? And the more you tie it to the principle, the harder it becomes to pull those two things apart. Okay. Yeah. And what about, let's talk about video. And then I'd love to touch on AI as well, because that's obviously a hot topic. And, and we're now we're seeing Google is starting to introduce that. So I'd love to know kind of yeah. your take on that as well. So YouTube first, how, how can you use YouTube from an SEO perspective or can you? Yeah. So in general, I think it's a good idea to combine video content with written content. So if you do some sort of like a blog post on your website or you post some sort of content on your website, having a video inside of that content is going to increase the likelihood that it shows up better in Google. But then like we can't forget that YouTube is also the second biggest search engine behind Google. So having that content on YouTube, I think is like great because people can find it through the YouTube search as well. The type of content that you might want to create might be a little bit different compared to like YouTube versus a blog post. Because people might want to use the content and people will use the different mediums for different types of content, right? So I would say that on YouTube, you want to have like more educational content, more content that maybe requires somebody to actually like see what you're doing. Like, let's say if you're a realtor, you did a walkthrough of a house and you point out all of the common things. Okay, this is what you should look for. That's what you should look for. Like, that's great as like a YouTube piece of content. Uh, And then you can also have like a blog post that accompanies that that's going to increase the odds that it shows up in Google search. So now not only can you show on YouTube search, but you can show on Google search and you're, you know, increasing the likelihood of both. Right. So t- let's talk about AI. What are the latest things that you're seeing and, and how can people use that from, a, mm. from an SEO perspective or, g- or generally from marketing purposes? Yeah, I think that it's going to be like a hugely beneficial tool for marketing. I think it's really great for, uh, you know, the small business owners or the individual business owners that are just getting started that are looking for like budget-friendly ways that they can create content. We do have to still be careful because, you know, we're very early in the AI days. The content is not always correct, right? We're not sure exactly how search engines are going to treat this content. Like there is software to detect AI content, although you can get around it. So it's not very clear, like if Google and these other Search engines are going to be trying to detect people's AI content and maybe like downgrading it compared to they see that this other content was like definitely human written. We're still early to understand that. But like what we can understand with what we have today is that this technology is very help, like helpful. You can do a lot with it. It can definitely help you to scale your productivity and be able to do more with your time. And it's only getting like more and more crazy because even just now, like I mentioned, well, a lot of the times it doesn't give you verifiable content. 
or content that is necessarily true. But now these companies are working to try to make it make that so it does give you verifiable content, that it does give you truthful content, right? So we still have to see how it plays out. But in general, it is something that like I would advise people to play around with and, and try to figure out how they can use it. Just don't like 100% rely on it because what it gives you, you still have to tailor to your own use case. Right. So, so the kind of thing that a real estate agent or investor could use it for would be like at least the bones of a, an article, for a blog article, for example, or maybe even just, I mean, could they use it to, to create topics that they could then write articles themselves or? Yeah, I would definitely use it to help to structure the articles, the bones for the articles, to give you ideas for articles. You can also use it for social media posts, right? To give you ideas for social media posts and this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of use cases for it. And even now, like there's more AI tools coming out all the time that will help, you know, create graphics, create images. So really, I think we're going to see just an overall like quality improvement on a lot of the kind of content that people are creating today, because maybe today they don't have the time to also put together the graphics with it, or they don't have the time to, you know, write a more detailed article. So, you know, all their articles are very short, but now with the help of this AI, they can more easily expand on their thoughts, right? So I think we're going to see just like not like more of everything and hopefully higher quality if everything goes well. Right, hopefully. Yeah, I think I, from what I understand, like ChatGPT doesn't go up beyond 2021. Is that correct? So, I mean, if you're using timely information, then you definitely need to kind of fact check that. Yeah, so just like one or two days ago, they did announce a new feature, which is basically ChatGPT plugins. And the way that it works is now you can connect ChatGPT to different APIs, so two different sources, right? So if you've ever used a tool like Zapier, where it allows you to connect, you know, two different tools together and basically have them work together, you'll be able to connect ChatGPT to, like, to give you an example, like, let's say I wanted to book a flight. I would be able to connect ChatGPT to my Expedia account and then I could go to ChatGPT and I could say, hey, can you show me the flights on Expedia, you know, on this date and this date to this place to this place? And it'll actually be able to pull the data from Expedia using the API and even book the flight for me, right? So this is oh. kind of like the point that we're getting to. It's kind of like app, we're getting applications that are being built on top of the AI. Now the AI is able to access that application for you and, you know, do some sort of like trigger some sort of an action on that application, right? So the Crazy thing for me is just the speed that this is all happening with, because right. at first everybody was saying, okay, don't worry, guys, it cannot verify information, is not able to get information past 2021, et cetera, et cetera. But now like we see that already they're trying to overcome these limitations and they do have solutions in mind for these different things. So it's going to be pretty wild to see like what happens. And I'm very interested, especially because I'm in the SEO space and I think that this is the most innovative technology like in the past 10 years that we've had in the SEO industry, for sure. So it's not only affecting us from, you know, a user interface perspective, where now instead of people having to scroll through a list of results, maybe they'll be able to more instantly get a result. But it's also affecting us from, you know, the content creation side, where content creation is a big part of SEO. And now that is also being done differently. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Right. So just maybe just take a step or a couple of steps back. Let's choose a you know, real estate investor who maybe doesn't even have a website. Mm -hmm. you know, what are the first things that they need to think about 
when it comes to a website? And then what are the steps then that they need to be thinking about in terms of SEO? You know, what type of websites are now the accepted design and look and feel? And then what do you need to do around SEO? Yeah, so I think it depends a lot on the kind of like real estate investor that you are and the kind of property that, you know, you're looking to invest in. Like if you want to do commercial real estate versus if you want to do residential real estate, then it's going to require a different kind of approach, right? But in general, like if I were to give my advice, what I would say is don't overthink it, first of all. You don't want like to overthink it and end up like not doing any kind of action. It's better to use like a simple web website builder like Wix or Weebly to kind of slap something together, get it up there. So that way, at least you have a website, at least you're able to be found online, right? From there, depending on the kind of investor that you want to attract, like let's say if you wanted to attract like bigger investments, then you're going to need to have like a more professional look, a more professional website, right? Versus if you're just one after like kind of retail investors, then you're not going to need to have like as professional of a look, let's say. I would think that when it comes to trying to uh, like raise investment for a property, the more important thing is the sales aspect and the kind of like personal approach that you're going to do once you get the person on the phone call with you. And it's, it's a little bit different because it's not like you need to sell products to a hundred people or a thousand people. It's like, you might only need a few people, right? So you're not going to want to take an approach where you're casting like a super wide net, but you want to take an approach where you're a more individualized kind of thing. And maybe even you're going to do like a more outbound sales kind of strategy where you're messaging people on LinkedIn or you're, doing, you know, cold outreach or something like that, because you're not trying to attract a thousand people, but you're trying to get in front of that one right person who's actually going to, you know, be in the right position to, to make the investment that you need. But that person is going to do some research on you. They're going to go, they're going to look you up. If you have a website, you're going to be more professional. If you have a social media page, you're going to be more professional. If you're posting on social media often and there's people engaging with your posts, people are going to trust you more, right? So there's that social proof aspect that you still need to kind of meet. But in this case, I wouldn't say that like having the best website is going to be the reason that people pick you. I think it's going to be more about like if they trust you. And then the SEO would follow from that. So once you've made that decision, then you can decide. You know, what are the keywords you need to be found for? Again, going back to the localization potentially, or as you mentioned, which I thought was a great point around the dentists or something like mm -hmm. that, focusing in on a group that you know has income that they are going to want to use, you know, spreading their investments perhaps. Yeah, okay. yeah. In this case, I would take like that very target approach. I'd really figure out who is that target market and that's just try to like reach out to them, I would say directly because... I think that's going to work best, like for this specific scenario. Right. Okay. A couple of questions I like to ask guests before we kind of wrap up and let people know where they can find out more about you. Do you have a favorite personal brand and who is it and why? Yeah. So I would say that my favorite personal brand would probably be Gary Vee, who creates a lot of kind of content for business owners. And the reason why I would say that is because the kind of content that he creates is really tough to create. Like there's not a lot of creators in the kind of like B2B, like business space that are creating this kind of content. 
it's a, I feel it's a lot easier to create like engaging and entertaining content when it's in a field that's like more comedic or, you know, some sort of like entertainment, but creating entertaining content around business and business topics, I think it's kind of like its own skill set. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. And yeah, I mean, he's, it's, it's amazing to see where he's come from. Go back and look at his very early stuff and doing wine tasting to what he's, the kind of stuff he's producing now is, yeah. Really good point. Yeah. What about a favorite business book or podcast? So I've been listening to this podcast called My First Million, and it's a very good podcast. I'm not sure. Have you heard it before? No, I haven't. No. Yeah. Basically, they talk to different business owners, different entrepreneurs that have, you know, scaled big companies and they talk about how they did it, you know, any kind of like learnings that could be taken from it. And it's just a very interesting podcast that I recommend that any business owner listen to. Wonderful. And, and what about a, a new tool? Like, I guess ChatGPT is a hot one, but any other kind of new tool that you're enjoying using at the moment? Yeah, well, one tool that is not very new, but I do really enjoy it is Zapier. And that's the tool that also I kind of mentioned earlier where now ChatGPT can connect to Zapier, which allows them to connect lots of different tools together. And I use Zapier personally, like anytime that somebody fills in a contact form on our company website, anything like that, it's able to connect it to our CRM system. It's able to send out emails, right? When somebody signs a contract of ours, we're able to send out welcome emails automatically. So just like a really good automation kind of tool that I would recommend for anybody to use. Okay. And do you have a quote that you are inspired by or motivated by? Yeah. So let me just bring up here the quote because I don't want to butcher it, but basically- Don't want to misquote. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a quote by Steve Jobs. It's like a very popular quote that probably a lot of people have heard it before, but essentially it says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And yeah, I find this quote to be like a very inspiring quote. And especially when it comes to business, it can be sometimes very hard to understand, you know, what, how everything is going to work together until you actually get to that final stage and you can look back. Do you have any last pieces of advice for small business owners, real estate investors, real estate agents when it comes to SEO and marketing? Yeah, like really what I would say is don't be afraid to put stuff out because what I find is a lot of people, they hesitate to put content out and, you know, they're worried that people are not going to like it or what people are going to think about them. But when you don't put that content out, like you've already let let all of those negative thoughts just like stalk you before even anybody could think anybody negative, anything negative. <laughs> you know, most likely like nobody's going to think any, anything negative. Like we have this, everybody kind of thinks that, oh my God, everybody's like watching, you know, they're going to be judging me depending on what I create. When really at the end of the day, like, you know, most people are too busy watching themselves. So you have to be putting stuff out there. Like that's the main number, th number one thing. Don't spend too much time thinking about like, doing everything perfectly and put it out there. And that's, what's going to, you know, help you to move forward. Right. I'm going to misquote the person, but there's some quote, something like, and I think it's great advice that you just gave, but I think it's something like you wouldn't care if you knew how little other people cared or something to that effect. <laughs> it's something like that. So yeah, I think you're right. We, we overguess we have imposter syndrome, all those kind of things that, that, that stop us. So Johnny, how can people find out more about you? Where should, where's the best place to point people and and get in touch. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. If you just go and search for Johnny Baskin, or you can go to my company website. It's nomadic, N-O-M-A-D-I-C, advertising.com. 
From there, you'd be able to book a consultation with one of our marketing experts, and they can actually give you personalized consultation on your business and kind of like a market plan and marketing strategy of what we would do for you. Okay, wonderful. We'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. And Johnny, thank you for your insights today and have yourself a brantastic day. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Cool, wonderful. All right, I appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. Okay, all right, thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, was that brantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.